Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown, the podcast where we take a deeper look into teams, coaches, and trends of the NBA. I'm your host, Coach Mark Tinklenberg. It's time to settle in and enjoy as we talk about the league. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Knock If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, Lakers Fast Break, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown. I'm your host, Mark Tinklenberg, and I'm here with my man, Zach Walker, here tonight. It's just us two guys. It's just us two, and it's going to be a doozy. Um, Before we get started, though, I just want to give you a quick reminder to subscribe, like, add us at X underscore breakdown at Twitter and Instagram. And please, like it all. Yep. And please remember to uh, give us that five-star review on Apple Pod. Uh, we continue to get good reviews from you guys, and we appreciate it. Um, like that old Dave Chappelle. One, two, three, four, five. Just need you to go all five. All yep. five stars. All five, baby. <laughs> um, so we're going to start this thing right off the bat. We're going to jump right into it. We're not going to waste your time. We got a trade deadline update here. Um, Zach's going to kind of talk to us about what trades happened, and then we're going to go into uh, how that impacts the league. We're going to start in the Western Conference. The big one being the Denver Nuggets acquiring Aaron Gordon from the Magic. Um, but, Zach, let's talk about a few of these trades. Um, what were the, yeah. the big ones that stood out, and, and um, who were the teams that benefited, and who were the teams that maybe lost a little bit? Well, yeah, like we said, we'll start west here. Aaron Gordon being a big name at the trade, de- trade, trade deadline. apologize. Um, Aaron Gordon, I think we're finally – he's going to go into a role where he doesn't have the pressure of almost being like the guy where he was like he's the main guy in Orlando. And I don't know if he is a main guy with the talent he has. He, he's a glorified rotation player in my, in my opinion. I don't, I, I, I don't think he's like, hey, he's the guy you forget on the team, but he is like one of those – he can't, can drop 25, but let's be honest, he's a 17 and – 10 maybe and he can impact one game if you need him to but I think he's going into a perfect role with the Nuggets a championship 
possible contender. At least they can make some noise in the playoffs now with adding him to that starting rotation. That's a heck of a lineup. Uh, their front office is doing a great job. And honestly, just for if you're a Nuggets fan, I think you like the fact that their their management, their GM is making big splashes like that to go, okay, we understand we've done in, done something in the regular season. We're going to go get a name out there and hopefully ha- help us push forward. We're no longer going to be this regular season team. We're going to go make some noise. We're going we're gonna to go ruffle some feathers. This is not just the Clippers and Lakers in the West. It's us too. I love that trade for the Nuggets. Makes Orlando look horrible, but that's fine. For the Nuggets, I think Aaron Gordon going there, I think that's going to be a huge, huge pickup. I love that one. What do you think about that one, Tink? I, I, I like it. So here's what I really like. They lost a massive piece in Jeremy Grant last year in the offseason. And so replacing him with Aaron Gordon uh, fits really well for what they need for that playoff push. Um, he's a he's similar to Jeremy Grant in terms of the athleticism side, the length side. He gives him another big body. Um but I do think he's a little bit more of a consistent scorer. Um, Agreed. I yeah. Uh, you know, they, they shoot similar percentages from three. Aaron Gordon, probably a lot higher from the two. Um, probably similar rebounding numbers. And he's really actually underrated defensively. So I think it was the pickup of the trade deadline um, for any of the When he's teams. a thicker body than Jeremy, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a, a he can switchable, bang a little bit. Yep. He's yeah. a switchable asset down low, which helps because – you want guys to be able to guard the perimeter, but you really want forwards that can switch onto a, a you know five four three, and he can do that. He can guard a wing, but then he can get switched in a post, and and he's athletic enough and big enough that he can switch. So it helps Denver a lot. They're going to make a big time push. Um, you know, Jamal Murray has taken a step here in the, the start the second half of the season. Obviously, yeah. Jokic MVP candidate. Uh, the Denver Nuggets got a lot better out of that trade. So. Uh, I look forward to seeing them in the playoffs, and I hope they bounce the Clippers again. Wouldn't that be nice? And, and then also got rid of a Gary Harris, who he, unfortunately injuries with his hip, his his lower body basically has been killed with injuries the last few seasons. Where coming out of Michigan State, they thought that he was going to be the another guy, right? And and he, injuries has kind of have plagued his career and he's lost a lot of the explosive he had when he came right out of college. He gets a fresh start in Orlando. Hopefully he can kind of go prove like, look, I can still do a little something here, but I think for the nuggets, like, you know, you, if you switch those two, Aaron Gordon and, and, and Gary Harris, I mean, that's, that's huge. I think that's a big, 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 big win for them. Um, in the West, as well, as far as additions, um, how, how do you feel about Drummond coming to the Lakers? It's not a trade, but hey, he's a pickup buyout market, right? Yep. So here we go. This is going to be the controversial topic of the evening here, and we're <laughs> going to dive into it right away. Um, okay, so we got a couple things going on in LA. Okay, the Lakers uh, two stars are obviously injured. I'm not telling, I'm not saying anything that nobody that's listening already doesn't know. Okay, but their their two stars are down. Um, and they're trying to survive a West right now where five or six teams are making a huge push. And there's a legitimate chance that the, the Lakers could fall to eight. I mean, they're looking Absolutely. at the standings that, you know, the next four weeks, if AD comes I back. I think last week win, when I said it with Mike, I said sixth place, seventh place. I, I was kind of right towards that bottom and it probably won't matter. And I'll still say that. Right. So 
you know, their big deficit that they lost last year, uh, and we're going to walk through this piece by piece real quick. They lost Dwight Howard and they lost JaVale McGee. Okay, those were the two pieces they lost. And they brought in Mark Gasol and they brought in Montrez Harrell. Mark Gasol, um, obviously limited athletically. Montrez Harrell limited size-wise. And so the big piece that they were missing that made separated them last year specifically, and I think that they know that Rob Palinka knows and that Vogel knows that's going to separate them, was their size and athleticism. When you can you know, switch AD to that five, but if you need to, you bring in Dwight or JaVel in the playoff push to guard a Jokic or something. Um, so that, that has been their massive um, deficit this year. So what do they do? They get Andre Drummond, as you said. Andre Drummond has not played since the middle of February, um, yeah. but he he does look like he was in shape. Um, great first stint to start last night. And then what happens? He goes down injured. However, there's a little backline story that we're going to have to talk about. Mark Gasol got demoted to the bench instantly. So, you know, this has been something that, has been bothering me today specifically as a Lakers fan. And it's something we got to talk about on the show because it involves X's and O's. So you, you have a guy in Mark Gasol who signed at 34 years old, then turned 35 this year, and he has earned his keep in the starting lineup. Would you agree with that, Zach? Absolutely. So three months of work, you have a guy whose, whose brother is going to have his Jersey retired in a Lakers uniform who was drafted by the Lakers then shipped out for his brother, now comes back at the tail end of his career, absolutely does everything right uh, that he's been asked to do, and he is completely benched and he's left out of the rotation until Drummond's hurt, doesn't come back, and they need somebody to come in for Montrezl Harrell for a couple minutes in the fourth, and he gets six minutes of time. Yeah. So this is going to now for the last three days, all of a sudden he's decided Marcus has decided I'm not talking to the media. He's trying to handle it professionally, but you have to know he's got to be frustrated. You have a guy come in and he's told you're going to, you are guaranteed starter minutes, 30 plus minutes a night, and we'll figure out the rest. So we have a little bit of a problem brewing in LA. All of a sudden, then last night, what happens? We got buyout talks for Marcus Gasol floating around. Um, it would be the biggest mistake the Lakers could do. So do I do I like Andre Drummond as a player and a fit with what the Lakers are trying to do for the playoffs? Yes. Do I like it at the expense of throwing Mark Gasol to the wayside? No. No. And no. that's going to be an issue moving forward. Now, um, I'm assuming that Frank Vogel, and you know, actually probably know more about Frank Vogel than even I do, <laughs> but – I'm going to assume he's going to get this thing figured out where he can play Mark Gasol and Montrez Harrell in the second unit together. Yes. Where Mark Gasol plays the five defensively, but runs the four on the perimeter where he has been the entire season offensively. Mm-hmm. And Montrez Harrell guards the four defensively and plays the five offensively. So I'm assuming that he's going to be smart enough to figure that piece out. However, last night was not a good first step. Tell me what you thought about last night and the direction the Lakers are headed. You know, I didn't get a chance to watch all the game, but I watched highlights and obviously I I read good old Papa Stinks tweets going on as I was kind of keeping track of the game. And I could tell you weren't happy about it. Um, But going back and watching the highlights, it didn't make sense to me. It it really didn't make sense. You know, Marcus all is Marcus all. And he is not a person you just throw away. 
he's he had a great great career in Toronto. Um, after he he went up that way, he did really really good for that team. He he is deserving of rotational minutes. Um, figure it out. You have to figure that out because again, as you just said, one of the biggest things that was lost was that JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, those big bodies to help you on the defensive side for rebounding, for blocks, whatever it'll look like. I, there's no reason not to have them have them there. If, if, if matchups are an issue, you always can change your, your schemes mid game. And okay, I need a little bit quicker. I need coups at the four, I need, whatever you need to do. You can always adjust it, but that's mid game. He needs to be, like you said, he is Harold and Gasol need to be on the, on that second unit guarding that middle, that middle side. I mean, guard the paint. It makes no sense that he did not play. Um, we'll see any update on the toe injury with Drummond. Have you seen yeah, anything they said a, They said a maximum of one to two games. So he'll probably miss Friday and he'll probably miss Sunday. And then he'll be ready to go again to start the road trip where they actually leave California. And um, honestly, that might be the best thing. You, yep. you give him a, a few more days to kind of get with what the schemes that what they're running to practice with the team a little bit, do some walkthroughs, see some plays. Hopefully they'll have that conversation with Mark calm down that locker room, bring them back together. Because the last thing you need with trying to make a championship run is any kind of discord where they're going to have, be fighting internally. That's not what you want. This no. is, this is a, the, everyone came to the team. Whoever was outside of it came to go, you know what, let me go help one, one another ring for LeBron for AD. Let's run it back. Do it, put pride aside, put all those things aside. Let's just go get a ring. You can always go somewhere the next year. Let's go get a ring. You're here now. Let's just do it. So, yeah, I, I, I don't like it, but Vogel will figure it out. Vogel yep. will definitely figure it out. And I, I, those coaches on that staff are really, really smart. So I don't want to take anything away from that coaching staff because Frank Vogel is really, really good defensively. And he listens yeah. to his assistants. And I don't think Jason Kidd and Phil Handy and um, the other coaches on staff are just going to totally forget about Mark. I think last night was to throw Drummond in the fire and say, okay, get yourself up to speed as fast as possible. And I think they might be doing it at the expense of Gasol. And I might be completely overblowing this. Mark Gasol might be completely fine with it right now, knowing that the rotation is going to get more settled once AD and LeBron come back. But let's talk about this real quick. Think about this. <laughs> think about this lineup of Dennis Schroeder, KCP, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Andre Drummond. Absolutely. And then That's you come, ridiculous. then you come in a wave of, Alex Caruso, Wesley Matthews, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, and Mark Gasol. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, that is a playoff <laughs> roster that is built to beat everybody. Okay, that is, yeah. a, that is a lineup. Now, you know, THT, he's been thrown in the fire lately, and, and Lakers fans, this, this episode is going to be a little bit more directed at you. He's a really, really, really good player, and he's going to be great. He's only 20 years old. And you know, he's going to do a lot of really good things. He's not ready yet still. No, he's not ready. He's so, not. you know, no. the thing is, is that he keeps playing him, I think, in an attempt to continue to have him. If he needs a wild card in the playoffs, Frank Vogel will go to THT. He'll, he will be the wild card. However, you need that change of pace, yeah. Yes. However, as you were talking about earlier, if you need to go small or whatever. However, um, you can't keep playing him 
or and Alex, as much as I love Caruso, those those guys as two minutes, they can't overshadow Mark Gasol. You have to keep Mark Gasol in those minutes, whether you lose some of that time or not. But my thing is, is that they still continue to get better on both ends when Mark Gasol is on the floor. So yeah, you, you can't you can't eliminate that. So well, and there's other things, and I, I know you you tweeted this and and correct me because I I don't remember the tweet verbatim, but you had talked about even Caruso's role and how that's changed a little bit and how he's actually being he was playing better off the ball last year. Is that what you were kind of saying on Twitter? Yeah, and now he's got you know Alex Caruso is running that backup point guard yeah. position, yeah. and it's it's hurting that it's hurting them because that's not his comfort zone. You know, they had Rondo last year, and so he's kind of taking the role of Rondo offensively. That's not his. That's not his. His no. skill set, you know, he is an incredible screener and he's an incredible he's incredible at cutting to the basket um, and creating havoc with the ball uh, in, in terms of like when he catches it in the lane. And he's unbelievable in transition. He's he is really good in transition. But in the half court, his specialty is not running the offense, making no. pocket passes, no. re- making those reads on lobs and kickouts. And that's not what he's you know, that's not what he excels at. And so that role needs to be figured out. Now, what I'm assuming they'll do is that when Schroeder comes out, LeBron will come in. LeBron will play point. Yeah. So he'll go back to playing point like he was. And he's been doing it this year, too. And to be honest, when LeBron comes back, everything will be fine. It will sort everything out. It will fill everybody's role accordingly. And as they get closer to the playoffs, those um, those lineups will be adjusted um, probably more towards what they're going to be doing for their championship push. Um, but they have to be careful because they can't fall too far here. They can't. Um, they don't. They don't want to have to go through Utah and then through Denver or the Clippers yeah, and yeah. then through, you know, whoever that two seed's going to be, uh, uh, however that ends up, the Suns, you know, d- the Blazers, who, I don't know, Blazers have won seven in a row. So, well, yeah, and that's, and that's what I want to go to. Um, the last part of the West here, it, I think the other, you know, as far as a pickup, uh, Norman Powell coming from, going from Toronto to the Trailblazers. Big, big pickup to me. Um, they're starting to get, first of all, they're starting to get healthy. Nurkic coming back. That's huge for the rotation. Now, he hasn't done a lot, but just having him out there is huge. And he'll Same start with, to get his timing, all of those CJ things. CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum coming back. Norman Powell. So, in the first three games, I've just pulled the stat up. First three games, average 16.3 points on 52% shooting from the field, 58% shooting from three. 2.7 rebounds, two steals, one assist, one block in 32 minutes. Jeez. Defensive rating, 101.5, seven points better than the next closest teammate. Oh, That's what they got in getting to – like, wow. if you said anything that they needed, they needed Him. that defensive-minded player on the wing because you had a Lillard and a McCollum who, let's be honest, defense is not their forte. And we, we talked about that exactly. They yeah. got – and you're right. No, you're exactly right. They got exactly what they needed. They got three and they got D. And Norman Powell was the best guard pickup at the trade deadline, for sure. No question. Hands now they down. Got, now, they lost Gary Trent Jr. But yeah. Gary Trent Jr. has been replaced now with a guy who does the same thing offensively but gives you, you know, of – top level defender on the perimeter for them and all of a sudden you see what they're doing they've won seven in a row as i said and the blazers are extremely dangerous now 
I know we've said this about the Blazers a lot in the last three or four years. Everybody's like, oh, you don't want to see Portland in the playoffs. They got stars. They got dudes. Can... And that's true. And they always fade. But I think this year might be different with this addition. And they got yeah. guys that are hungry. And Carmelo Anthony's getting down that stretch. And we saw what happens with when veterans start to see that chance. You know, they their game starts to pick up a little bit, just like we saw at the Lakers last year. And so, yeah. Well, Portland I think we, we said with – Co- yeah, with COVID and the long season last year, the start of the season in December and all this stuff, you, you, the one thing I think we all kind of knew was that injuries were going to happen. It's the timing of when the strain on the bodies was going to hit to when, okay, but are you going to be healthy for the playoffs? The Blazers hit their injury time, I think, in the right part, right? So now they're coming through. They're getting all of those pieces back. And they're going to be going through and, okay, getting the chemistry together right before playoff run hits. So after All-Star break, they're getting all of their, their, their roster. They're, they're going to make some noise in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I think that they're, they're a disruptor in the West. Absolutely. So currently, um, and we kind of go through this, but the Jazz have won, I think, another seven in a row. They're 36 and 11. Suns still remain in uh, that second seed at 33 and 14. Goodness gracious, they're good. Uh, The Clippers at 32 and 17. The Lakers at 30 and 18. Then you got Nuggets, Blazers tied with 29 wins. Mavericks, Spurs, Warriors still creeping around. Grizzlies still creeping around. Those playoff games are going to be really good. West is stacked. Um, But I think those top six, those top six, as you can see, it goes from 29 down to 25 wins with the Mavericks at seven. Those top six, I do think that that's going to be your top six in the West with the Lakers probably falling to five or six, as you said in the last episode. Um, And so that that looks pretty well defined. Let's shift to the Eastern Conference uh, where the Brooklyn Nets just continue to grab people um, at the expense of everybody else in the NBA. Um, they are now in sole possession of first at 33 and 15. They are eight and two in their last 10. Um, and they still have not had Kevin Durant on the floor. Um, so let's talk about them real quick. Interesting stat I saw Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden only played a combined seven games together this year, seven, seven total with Kevin Durant possibly coming back next week. Yeah. Um, according to what you have seen on your fantasy news, because you have him on. Yeah, because you know what? I've had him on fantasy basketball and he's been injured this whole time. And <laughs> I'm holding on to the last spot in the playoffs. I'm going to need him to come back because yeah, I need, gonna, he's gonna need, I not, need I need him needs, to come in the game. That's what I'm going to need. I need him to come, come back to the game. game. Yeah. Um, so they're sitting atop the East. They are just, you know, ridiculous offensively, uh, but they're only a half game ahead of the Sixers. Yeah. And the, two and a half games ahead of the Bucks, But they picked up Blake Griffin, as you guys talked about last episode, and then they went out and got LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, <laughs> debuts tonight. Aldridge debuts tonight. Uh, matter of fact, yeah, that game is on, correct? Yeah, I don't know. Um, debuts tonight. I... Oh, yeah, they're up by 20 uh, to, the, okay. to the Hornets. Yeah, they're up by 20 on the Hornets right now. Well, the Hornets um, right now are currently in fourth in the East. Right, um, and, and, and I they're going to start. Harden's not playing because he hurt his hamstring. So th- we're going to continue to see the cycle go through for them, right? Yeah, yeah. And Aldridge, right now, he has nine points, six rebounds, five assists in seventeen minutes. Wow. So that's what he's already providing to 
the Nets, um, they're as we said, they're the team to beat. I, I think you know the Sixers are going to kind of stay in that probably either half game to three games behind the Nets. They're going to be, I think they're still going to be that second game in the East with Milwaukee then nipping at their heels right behind them. Um, I, I think they're, I think honestly, the only difference is going to be the away record. You know, right now uh, the Nets are 14 and nine um, off their home court. Phillies 13 and 11. That's going to be the big thing that kind of keeps Sixers probably in that second position. But yeah, they basically created an NBA 2K fantasy team is really what they've done uh, with Blake and Aldridge coming on over. It's, you know, will I think it all comes together to win a championship this year? I don't I don't know. To me, it just makes me with the with the lineup they have like I'm waiting for an injury. I think that's that's what I'm doing. I mean, obviously, we've already seen it with KD. We've seen it with Harden. You know, Irving is Irving. He he's usually uh, good for a playoff injury every now and then, as we've seen in his career. Uh, to me, I'm like, yeah, they've played seven games, but are we are they going to be all three together all of the playoff series that they're going to play? I just don't know. Yeah, and you know they dominated the headlines with um, with that move and man, they are really deep and they're really good. Um, but I'm just as excited for that Eastern conference showdown, uh, between them and Philly or Milwaukee. Um, than I am for the West, just simply because there's three teams right there that are going to go at it. But then you throw in the wild card in the East the Miami heat who pick up Victor Oladipo where mm. it has been widely known. That's where he's wanted to go. Yep. Um, I did get a chance to talk to Chris and, you know, he's the head assistant down there. And he said, you know, Pat Riley's being Pat Riley. Um, really excited that the staff is really excited about him, about what he brings. Um, and, you know, they also picked up a sneaky little pickup in Trevor Ariza, who I was hoping and praying the Lakers could get back. Yeah. Um, you know, he said, Ryle's making his moves. That's what he texted me. So, uh, you know, I, they are extremely um, deep again. They're deeper than they were last year, and that says mm-hmm. something because they have everybody back, and then you add Trevor Ariza and Victor Oladipo to that mix. Uh, they did lose Kelly Olenek um, and somebody else who I don't know who's not going to play for them anyway. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, they made a lot of really good, timely moves. I foresee the Heat being that fourth seed for sure, overtaking Charlotte. So you got Net Sixers, Bucks, Heat. Those four, that's going to be your Eastern Conference semifinals. You can, you, you know, if, if it were me, I'd put a lot of money on that. Here's the interesting part about the East, though, that we got to talk about. Your Currently, your four, five, six, seven, eight seeds are all separated by one game. Then the Pacers are separated by two games. And the Bulls, who were the possibly got the biggest um, like trade deadline asset with Lucevic from uh, Orlando, who's guys, he's a two or three time all star. You pair him with Zach Levine and that young roster and. Kobe White and man, I foresee the Bulls making a serious push in that Eastern Conference, or at least I would hope. You know, they are going all in. They were trying to make a push for Lonzo Ball, couldn't get it done. Um, but yeah, I, 
you know, those bottom seeds, they're going to have to fight and, and claw just to get into that playoff race. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, my, my lowly Pacers down there, they're literally three games from the fourth spot. Um, they're going to be a play-in team. Um, you're seeing a lot of frustration with them. You know, on paper, they're a lot better team than what they're, what they're playing. They're, they're losing a lot of close games. They're getting blown out when they shouldn't get blown out, but then they'll randomly go, Hey, they beat the heat twice back to back nights, but then lost to them last night. Um, and only scored like 89 points. They didn't even score 90 points. So it's, it's randomly they'll score 130 or they'll score 89. They have these just off nights where you have a first time coach making some questionable coaching decisions at the end of games. And it's starting to show you're starting to see some frustration. I'm seeing some bonus come off the floor, shaking his head um, and frustrated that he's not getting the ball at the end of the games. And, you know, to me, you've got a two-time all-star the last two years. You need to have some bonus with the ball in his hand. That doesn't mean he's going to take the shot, but he's going to know where to find the player to take the shot. you got to put it in your best player's hand and let him make the decision. The guy won the skills challenge. He knows where to, the ball should go. Um, it's it, it, so it's frust- that's frustrating to watch. But, yeah, this the East is – such a crumbled mess of teams that you on paper are kind of like, like why are the Celtics in the, in the eighth spot right now? I, I don't know. It's just so random. It's so random. Um, Toronto still down there, you know, they, they would be one of those where like, even in a play in, I'd wonder what could they do now? Of course they've lost a lot now where it's, you know, Siakam and, Lowry and uh, Van Fleet. And that's basically all they've got <laughs> now that Norman Powell's gone. So they'll probably stand pat there at the bottom of the standings, but yeah, the play is going to be great. Uh, I, it's going to be very interesting to see. It's going to be Brooklyn, Philly, Milwaukee with a wild card of Miami. I think that's, I think that's what it's going to be at the end of the thing. I don't see any of the other teams surprising and taking out one of the other teams. New York's not upsetting one of them in a seven game series. Atlanta's not upsetting them in a seven game series and Boston sad to say, cause I love Brad Stevens, as we've talked about, they're kind of a mess right now. Yeah. Uh, they're going to, they're going to get eliminated depending on matchup first round. If they stay at the bottom, they're going to have to go against either Philadelphia or Brooklyn. You're not going to make it past the first round. Yeah. Sorry to say, but yeah, the East is a mess. East is a mess. But those top four teams, uh, any of those teams will give anybody in the Western Conference a run for their money, whoever makes it to the NBA Finals. And I will continue to put my money on the Miami Heat. I just I just foresee them making a massive push in the playoffs. And I think that they got a legitimate chance to get back again. Would I love to see Brooklyn Lakers? Absolutely. Um, yeah. But whatever it is, uh, we're looking forward to how the second half of this season continues. And we really like uh, it adds it adds excitement the trade deadline and the and the uh, buyout market it adds excitement um, to the NBA. So that's around the league. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will finish up episode fifteen. Hang with us, and we'll be back. Welcome back to X's and O's NBA breakdown. It's Zach. It's Mark. We're here. We're still talking here. a little bit. Um, away. We just did a nice kind of summary of the uh, trade deadline and the buyout market, how that impacts the NBA. There's another thing that impacts the NBA though. Um, And it's the fact that fans are going to start to slowly come back to arenas 
and uh, potentially be at 50% capacity uh, before the playoffs and remain that way, if not a little bit more, jumping into the playoffs. And this makes a huge impact, not just on for teams, but, um, you know, home home court advantage all of a sudden becomes really important. And it's going to shift the way that the uh, the end of the regular season and the playoffs are done. So I want to hit on two things. First, I want to say that to all the healthcare workers and everybody that is oh, man. doing this for all of us uh, and people who have been hoping for this day for a really long time, we thank you sincerely. You know, uh, my wife is a nurse and, and uh, they distributed today and she was on the front line today, giving shots. 1300 people got shots today. 1300 people got shots yesterday. And that's just at her location. So the numbers continue to go up for people that are vaccinated and it just starts to, it gives back a sense of normalcy a little bit. You feel a little bit safer and, and um, you know, even in California where it was really bad there, they've already said that the Lakers are going to pretty soon have, uh, you know, some capacity of fans in there. So it's a start, no matter what, it's a start. And so healthcare workers, again, we thank you. NBA fans, we are looking forward to being able to see you and hear you more on TV. I need um, it. Yeah. It, it just, it's what makes the playoffs so great. Uh, the yeah. shots with all the fans and, and everybody going crazy. Um, but it also does impact, uh, you know, it does impact how the playoffs are going to be played and why what we just talked about, why those standings are so important. Um, there have been some fans in, in, in some arenas and limited capacity, but what happens when those fans jump up to 50%, 60% capacity and yeah. it's rocking in there in the playoffs? Yeah, I think the you know we we saw what the lack of fans or lack of home court advantage could do when in the bubble happened where we saw the Miami Heat make this run where it was really not about the ambiance or the noise in the background. It's literally just some guys out there playing. You kind of saw the Heat make this run where hey, I don't you know obviously I don't want to say fans affect the game so much, but if a if a team you know you're you're a you're a former college player the energy that a crowd can give you makes a huge difference in clutch time. If you hear the, the fans cheering you on and trying to get you to hit this last bucket and, you know, make a play, play defense, it's just a different, different, different feeling to have. So even if they're at 50%, 45%, I don't think we're going to get to 100% for this NBA season. You're probably going to see more fall sports this year, be more at 100%. I know NFL has already said that they're planning on 100% attendance because of what's going to happen by then and how many vaccines are going to be happening. So, But to have just that little bit of uh, actual crowd noise and not pumped in crowd noise, to me is going to make a huge difference for players to be able to go out and just feel the energy coming off the fans. Yeah. It, it's going to feel like uh, it's going to feel real again. Everything's going to feel real about it. And, you know, as you said, that energy has just been so missed. Um, You know, baseball opened up today on a different subject and, and you watch the games and and those fans are at about 45% capacity, 50% capacity. And it's just so nice seeing people. (laughs) Like rooting for their teams and just, you know, it's just life is starting to feel normal again. So um, 
who does it benefit the most? Well, it benefits a team like the Utah Jazz, who right now are in first and who are probably, as we've talked about a few episodes ago, as I mentioned, are probably really going to push to stay there because they want everybody to have to come to their house and play through them. And all of a sudden it helps a young team who is trying to make that push. Uh, it helps them, you know, when fans are in that arena and it is true home court advantage. So, um, you know, it's going to help the Utah Jazz. It's going to help um, in the East. It's going to help a team like the Miami Heat. It's going to help the Philadelphia 76ers, whose fans are crazy and loud and excited. Um, a team who it's not going to matter for is probably the Lakers. You know, I don't yeah. think that they really yeah. care. And so that's kind of what you touched on. And it doesn't really matter where they're at. Um, does it matter for the Clippers? Yeah, their fans are just meh. You know, but, <laughs> you know, think about the teams who are really impacts. Their fans are just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know what they are. I, I don't really know that they're fans. Really and nor hard. do you care. I don't care. They need to come <laughs> Got out. It. As a matter of fact, they need yeah. to stay out. Not just come out. They need to stay out of the arenas. Okay. Gosh, I can't stand the Clippers. Holy smokes. I know. Um, so that's that, man. We're, we're looking forward to it. And, and again, thank you to everybody who's been a part of that. And we continue to wish everybody the best of health, the best of luck. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, um, but Zach and I thank you for your time. Mike, we miss you this week, buddy. We'll all be back next week at spring break around here. So we're just catching up. Um, we'll post a few things. Uh, I actually posted something on our Twitter and got some really good feedback about, you know, who is the best team in the East. So we're going to continue to do that, some votes and stuff. And, and we're yeah, going to guys, talk about those on our episode. Come and interact with us. You know, that's, that's a huge part of this. We want you to kind of give your opinions because honestly, if you give us a good one, we're probably going to mention it on the show. Absolutely. So come and interact with us with on Instagram, Twitter, um, do it all. Yep. So thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts. We wish you a healthy and safe and fun weekend. Enjoy the weather. It's getting nice. Happy Easter weekend. Yes. Happy Easter weekend. Yep. Um, and for us at X's and O's, we are out. Mamba on three. One, two, three. Mamba. Mamba. See you guys. See ya. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, subscribe, or comment on any of our social media sites at X underscore breakdown. See you next week. And remember, Mamba on three.